0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight we're going to do something really, you know, it may may be, it could be short, it could be long, depends on, you know, If I don't go down too many rabbit trails, I'm going to just give you a title right now, Kendra. It's called "Navigating Pressure." Hallelujah! We're living in a time of just unprecedented pressure in so many ways. We're going to talk about navigating that pressure. But you know, people have faced pressure since man was created. There's been pressure from day one almost. once Adam and Eve were created, the, the enemy began to put pressure on them in the garden, you know about stuff. But you know First Corinthians 10:13 says, "There's no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. You are not so special that it's only happening to you. It happens to everybody who's born again. First uh, Peter 4:12 says, "Beloved, think it not strange." Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. One translation says, don't be surprised. Don't be astonished. And that last part about the fiery trial is to try you. uh, One translation says that a test of fire is being applied to you. at The fiery trials that you are passing through to test you at the fiery ordeal coming among you to put you to the test. Listen, the enemy is going to put, the t- put us to the test all the time. You know, and so pressure just comes from being a child of God. It comes from having to live in the environment we live in. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is owned and operated at the moment. You know, it's under the auspices of the the Satan himself. He is the one who is in charge of this planet Earth. And uh, so we have to live in that kind of an environment. Uh, He uses circumstances, you know, of all kinds. He uses health. He uses finances. He uses your job. He uses people. We, We aid him. We aid and abet him sometimes, you know, because we put pressure on ourselves you know, we, uh, we let time constraints get to us. We let the tasks that we have to do get to us. We have performance issues many times. And, you know, I think so much of it this time of year, there's so much that happens because we're too busy to start with. We are. We are way too busy. We're too divided. Our time is too taken up with too many things, you know. And so, and so, time becomes our enemy a lot, and, and we just don't know how we're going to fit all this in, how we're going to get it done. And then you've got the holidays here, and you've got this to have to do, and that to have to do, and you know, this day is coming, and that day is coming. I got I got to have this done by this day, you know. And there's just pressure from every single side, and so we're going to talk about navigating the pressure. I'm going to give you five. Have things you know, that pertain to navigating pressure, and then we're going to come back and talk about them. Number one, recognize where the pressure is coming from. If you're making your own pressure, stop. But so many times the pressure is coming from the enemy. We, we, we sometimes will look at pressure as it's coming from people, but you have to understand what's behind that. Who's behind that? You know, it's easier to deal with people when you recognize what's behind. how they're acting. So number two is, when under pressure, watch what you say. Number three, no matter what, stay calm. Number four, know that what you need is already on the inside of you. And number four, do whatever God says do. Go with me over to Exodus and we're going to go to the 14th chapter. We're going to take take a look at the children of Israel and how they handled this pressure. Um, I want you to understand right off the bat, you know, Pastor Greg reads this, this uh, passage of Scripture so many times on Sunday mornings. It's Proverbs 3, verse 5, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. When it comes to pressure, you understand you by yourself and in yourself alone cannot do this. The pressure only intensifies when you try to navigate it on your own. When you try to handle it on your own. When you try to figure it out on your own. God never intended for you to have to figure it out on your own. He is the one who's more than enough. So in um, in Exodus here in chapter 14, I want you to, to understand that the thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We all know that. So that you have to come from that point of view right there. The thief has come to steal. Because pressure brings anxiety. It brings it brings stress. It brings a lack of sleep. I mean, it brings turmoil. It brings strife. You ever been under pressure about something at home? Uh, and guess who you take it out on? Uh huh. The spouse or the kids. Sometimes the way we, we react to pressure is we need some outlet, and so we tend to take it out on somebody. Who is totally innocent, absolutely innocent? Um, I, ha- I have s- I have seen the time where I had to go back and apologize, and because the pressure point had just risen to such a level that th- the top got blown, and the person standing in front of me was like, "Ah, what did I do?" And they did nothing. It was just they were there when the when everything just kind of fell apart. You know, when the kind of like the. They did one little thing innocently that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I did not react well. And so, you know, if that happens to you, go back and apologize. (laughs) Make it right. (laughs) But anyway, here in Exodus 14, I want you to take a look at here, starting in verse 4. Where's my glasses? There's my glasses. Hallelujah. In verse 4. And it says... um, Well, let's go to verse 5. It was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him, and he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued After the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with my old English or old King James Bible says a high hand. I've got written here the word boldness. They went out boldly. God told them what to do. Of course they went out boldly. It says, verse 9, But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea. Uh, We won't even read those two place names. And verse 10: when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They panicked. When pressure comes, do not panic. You know we've been talking about healing the last few weeks, and one of the scriptures we used was over in Psalm. it says, "My heart is fixed. trusting in the Lord." You know, pressure will, will reveal who you're trusting in. It will reveal whether your heart is fixed or not. It will reveal whether you've been in the word or not. It will reveal whether your mind has been renewed in some areas or not. You know, when panic sits in, it's a good indicator that you're not where you ought to be. Over 41 years, you know, there have been many times when I have, I've, I'm thinking of one person in particular, every time something went wrong in their life, they just fell to pieces. Any kind of little pressure that came, and sometimes it was more than a little pressure. It was, it was a lot of pressure. But it didn't take much pressure before they were falling apart. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking... You know, we can't really judge the children of Israel because we've done it ourselves. I'm thinking, what had you seen? You know, back there in Egypt, you'd seen the hand of God. You had seen God move in miraculous ways. You had seen him demonstrate his power. You had seen him deal with the Egyptians You had seen him say, go borrow gold and jewels from your neighbors, the Egyptians, and they gave it to them. What? Are you kidding? They had seen all this, and now just because the chariots were coming after them, they're panicking, going, what is your problem? But how many times do you and I do the same thing? We have seen God move in our lives So miraculously, so many times, and yet something happens and we just are falling apart at the seams. That's not navigating the pressure. You know, so you have to recognize where it's coming from. That's just the enemy coming after you. He's not going to listen when God moves in wonderful ways, the attack is imminent, He's coming immediately to steal. To kill, to destroy. He wants to to take out of you what God just got through putting in you. He wants to take the victory that you're enjoying and sour it totally. That's what he's after. So, you recognize where it's coming from. Now, watch what you say. Here in in chapter 14, verse 11 and 12. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us? To carry us out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we did tell you in Egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Wine, 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 wine. Oh my goodness. And how often have we done the same thing? God, why'd you let this happen to me? What is going on here? I don't understand it. Oh, pity party. How many people can join my pity party? They had like 4 million of them, 6 million of them. You know, they were all saying the same thing. Stop it. Watch out what you say. Is what you're saying in line with what you know the word says? You line it up with those things. You don't let the enemy come in and cause you to speak out those things that it aids him. The things that we say have a huge impact on how we're going to deal with this pressure. Huge impact. You may Your mind may be just going 90 miles an hour, but don't let it come out of your mouth. You can have faith in your heart and doubt just screaming, screaming high and mighty on the inside of you. Don't let it come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Watch what you say. Don't put God in a position that he can't move because you have put a barricade up between you and his ability to move because of what you said. And so often people do not understand the impact their words have. And I think we talked about that during those four weeks that we were talking about healing and why people don't get healed. You, 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 have, you have to be careful. You may not even believe it just yet. Just, just shut up. Just keep your mouth quiet. If you can't say, if you can't find the words of faith, then don't speak words of doubt. Just shut up. Keep your mouth silent you know i'm thinking of of uh, elizabeth and zachariah you know when the angel came to him and said he was they were going to have this child and all this and he kept giving him all the reasons why this wasn't going to happen and all this kind of and the angel shut his mouth it was probably a good thing it's too bad god can't strike some of us dumb (laughs) when the pressure is on he would be doing us a favor by making us dumb, mute, not able to speak. It would, he, he really would. He would do us a favor. But that's not what he's here. He wants you to learn to say the right things at the right time with the right heart and the right attitude. Amen. Uh, now, number three, stay calm. Okay, Exodus 14 again. 13 and 14. Moses said to the people, Fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There has got to be a word of wisdom from somebody in a situation. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and you will hold your peace. The amplified version of that says, and remain at rest. Moses was speaking words to calm them down. He was speaking by faith. The Lord will fight for you. You see him now, you're not going to see him anymore. Listen, you need you, you need to find your Bible when pressure's on. And find you a fear-not scripture. There's 365 of them. What day is this? You know, he's got one for you. You need to find a word from God. Fear not and then attach a word to it, you know, that, that tells you what's about to happen. Moses was telling them, just stay calm. God's got this. He's got it. You, you, you see an enemy coming, you won't see him for long. See, God's always there to tell you, you're not going to see it for long. This is just a season. This is just a time. It's just temporary. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Now, number four, know that what you need is already on the inside of you. Let's look at Exodus 14, verse 15. And the Lord cried unto Moses, or the Lord said to Moses, Why cry you unto me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Listen, basically, the New Living Translation said, it says it like this: The Lord said to Moses, "Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving." You know, I remember a verse over there in uh, where it talks. I think it was, uh, is it is it David? You know, his men. Why sit we here until we die? No, I think those are some lepers. Why sit we here till we die? The problem with some people, pet pressure comes and they just sit. They just sit. You got to get up and do something. You can't just sit there and expect God to move in your behalf if you're not willing to do your part, which well, you get up and get moving. There is something you can do. So it's up to you to do your part. It's not moaning and groaning, that is not your part. Don't stand there whining about the problem. Don't go find five people you can tell your problems to. You know, do what you know you're supposed to because. What you need to do, you already know to do. There's not hardly anybody who doesn't know. Get your fanny up off the ground, you know. Get your hands out of your pockets. Uncross your arms. The least you can do is lift your hands and begin to praise God. The least you can do. Until you can get a hold of yourself. The least you can do is just say, thank you, Jesus, 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 until you, until you finally figure it out. You know, it's really not that hard. The more you do something like that, something so simple, the more you'll know to do. And so you can move right on. Listen, what's, all, what's in you? Grace is already in you. Supernatural ability is already in you. Strength is already in you. Wisdom, all you got to do is ask for some. You've got the greater one on the inside of you. If you don't believe it, go to John 14 and John 16 where he talks about the comforter, the helper, the advocate, the standby, the intercessor, the counselor. Everything you need is already there. You have access to all of it. All you have to do is access it. You know, there are so many times when when the pressure is on, and I feel it. You know, I've got so many things going on, so many irons in the fire, and this, that, and the other. And I I tend to put pressure on myself that certain things have to be done a certain way, at a certain time, and and, and I fall into that, and it just I'm I'm plagued by it until I have to just go, okay, Lord, I have to stop. One of the one of the things I have to do is say. Stop it. Just stop it. Get a hold of yourself. Knock it off. Get with the program here, girl. That's when I find out I haven't looked to the Lord to say, what if this is necessary? What if this is not necessary? What should I not be doing? What can I leave aside? What do I not need to do? You know... So we, we sometimes can be our own, own worst enemy. You know, we've created a monster ourselves. And we need to, have to, to figure out how we're going to tame the monster. And sometimes it's just having a good chat with yourself and going, no, no, no. We're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. I'm not going down this road again. I've been down this road before. All it does is, is cost me sleep. It makes me anxious. Puts me under high anxiety. I am not going to do this again. But here's the last one: Do what he said do in Exodus Exodus fourteen verse sixteen. He said to Moses, "Lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea." That's pretty good. Go through the ground. Now, honestly, do you honestly think that there was a little bit of pressure on the part of the Israeli people when they looked at those walls of water? And you kind of look, they kind of looked on, but there was a little bit of pressure still right there. Okay, Egyptians, mountains of water. Oh my God. Okay, which, which one? Which one? Which one? But they went across on dry ground. You know, when they set their foot on that, on the bottom of that seabed and they found out that it was dry, I suspect that was a real pressure reliever because they had to know of a surety. I mean, if you don't see two walls of water here and know that that's God, but to, get, but to, to put your foot on dry ground as you're going across a seabed, you know, it certainly, you know, supports the idea that God's in it. So they're going to cross on dry ground. Oh, but what's the rest of this? It says, I will, and behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I'm got they didn't already know. I am the Lord when I have gotten the honor. Upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. the pillar of cloud went before them and before their face and stood between, them. and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, And it was a cloud and darkness in and it gave light by night to these, and so that the one came not near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry, and the waters were divided. The children of Israel went across on the dry ground. The Egyptians, we were just going to kind of run down through, the Egyptians pursued, went in after them. Ah, uh, let's see, verse 25, they took off with their chariots, they drove them heavily, and the Lord, in verse 26, said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea. And the waters may come upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. Moses did exactly what he was told. He stretched forth his hand, and the sea returned. The Egyptians fled, but the waters covered them up. They were all gone. Tell you what, when you've done these other things, and now God tells you something to do, it's time for you to do it. It may take, it may take. Some faith to step out and do it, just like the children visit. It took some faith to step out in this place where this, these walls of water were. But I'm telling you what, God will always take you across on dry ground. No matter how big those walls are on each side of you, God will make the ground just perfect for you to walk on. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He'll take you anywhere you need to go. You just do what he says to do. Because only God can do his part. You do your part, God will do his part. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I love it. He says he'll make a way of escape. The Beck translation says when you're tested, he will also make a way out. The Phillips translation says he'll see to it that every temptation has a way out. And the Taylor translation says he will show you how to escape temptation's power. Listen, you and I We'll be faced with pressure. But if we will remember these five things, recognize where the pressure is coming from. Number two, when we're under pressure, watch what you say. Number three, no matter what, stay Calm. Number four, know that what you need is already on the inside of you. And number five, do whatever God says do. There are so many examples of people who handled pressure so well. I'm thinking of, in fact, as I wrote down two from the Old Testament, two from the New Testament, Daniel, the third chapter, the three Hebrew children, they were not moved by threat. They did not succumb to the pressure of bow. Pressure was on. King said bow. They said no. You and I have got some standards we have to uphold in these days. They said no. They've threatened them with fire. Listen, the pressure keeps coming. Sometimes it doesn't just go, oh, oh, you're not going to bow to the pressure? Okay, I guess I'll, I'll leave you alone. No, sometimes the enemy's just going to ramp it up. And he ramped it up. They went into the fire unconcerned. And look what happened. They came out without even the smell of smoke on them. Daniel was told not to pray. Daniel did not listen. Daniel was threatened with the lion's den. He had people anticipating his demise, wanting his demise. The king was forced into a position, pressured into a position of his own making, that he had to deal with Daniel the way he said he was going to deal with Daniel in front of his other people. He threw him in. Daniel went to sleep on a lion. Went to sleep on a lion. And when the king came in, he said, Daniel, Daniel, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? He, Dan, the king was more upset than Daniel was. And he said, Only your God could deliver you. Only your, listen, only your God can deliver you. Only your God. In the New Testament, twice you see, you see examples of Paul. Paul and Silas were threatened, beaten, thrown into jail. They, Watch what they said. Instead of saying it, they began to sing and praise God. They stayed calm. They knew that what they needed was already theirs. And number five, they did what God said do. They let God do his part. He shook the place. An earthquake came. He took all the chains. They all fell off. The doors all flew open. Paul and Silas had no idea something like that could happen. They just knew my God's a deliverer, and they stood back and just let God do His thing. That's a great example of handling pressure. Listen for us as handling pressure. These are some things we have to do. We have to maintain the word that's on the inside of us. We have to maintain our testimony. We have to maintain our integrity. I go back to Joseph when I talk about integrity. Maintain your faith. Maintain the plan of God for your life. Pressure will come against the plan God has for you. Don't succumb to it. Don't compromise. When we bow to pressure, we are allowing compromise in our lives. And when we compromise, the fulfillment of what God wants for us will never be seen at the very at the very at the very best at that point god's going to have to take an, get us get us back to it you know through a series of events and series of steps that weren't necessary had we just maintained our um, our commitment to the plan of god maintain your attitude and your reaction to others it'll go a long way so to navigate pressure one more time we're going to go over them. recognize where the pressure's coming from number 2 when under pressure watch what you say Number three, no matter what, stay calm. Number four, know that what you need is already on the inside of you. God has deposited everything that you have need of. It's already there. And number five, do what God says do. Amen. I'm on time. Yay. Good night.